made that up. Will there be a little ride on Space Mountain? Hogan comes back. What the fuck are you doing? He got me all flabbergasted. Where does he come up with a thousand holes? That incessant whining. Get up against a chain link fence and rake yourself across it. This guy went to flash you. You're right. up there, this is crooked. Rice cake walk, baby. This place is apropos. You really agitate us. Now, nothing that happened here tonight even vaguely resembles professional wrestling. Whistle till they get their clothes off. This ain't the end. Somebody go get me a bucket. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Nitro Mania podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host, and I have a feeling that this episode might just break my soul into a million little pieces. This is the 29th episode of Nitro Mania, which means that there is now one episode for every state in the country of India, one episode for each point in the highest possible score in a hand of cribbage. And if you're listening to this from the uh, 100% real, 100% not made up town of 29 Palms, California, more power to you. Now, as I said a moment ago, this is episode may just break me for good. And I'd say that not having yet watched the programs we're about to discuss uh, thankfully, I am not going into it alone. Joining me this week for our uncensored supersode is the one, the only, the host of WrestleMania Salvation here on the Rundown feed. Sal is here. Sal, thank you for blindly agreeing to watch this pay-per-view with me, and I am so, so sorry. Yeah, man, I I wasn't, I didn't know what I was getting myself into until um, you told me to drink every time they said Doomsday Cage. Kind of got myself the, in a little bit of a mess there. For the record, uh, for, for, for anybody who's listening uh, legally, I did not say that. Uh, I don't want <laughs> to get in trouble. Um, yeah, well, I, to be fair, you know, that's kind of the whole gist of the show. I had no idea what we were getting into either. And dear, dear God. Huh. Now, but, you mentioned this is episode of Nitromania number 29, correct? Correct. Uh, 29, also the number corresponding to the WrestleMania that I feel was the worst of all time. But that's for another time. <laughs> that's for another time and another show on this here feed. Um, all right, before we get to the show proper, a little bit of feedback from last week. I had asked about the spot on Raw with Diesel looking in the casket and seeing himself. Uh, my buddy Chris Sullivan from Lucky Pro Wrestling and longtime listener and rundown fan Zach Paulette both told me that I need to listen to more Bruce Pritchard because he covered this on one of his shows. Uh, apparently during the taping of Raw, it was Glenn Jacobs, currently known as Kane, then known as Isaac Yankum, and soon to be known, shockingly enough, as Fake Diesel in the casket. And of course, they added the close-up of Nash in post. So for anyone else who was curious and hasn't listened to something to wrestle with, there's your answer. For anyone who's been playing along, very little of the build to this show has been taking place on Nitro. Uh, the challenge for the Chicago Street Fight for the tag titles, which, well, we'll get to that, was laid out on Nitro. But then Lex Luger, who's the one who made the challenge in the first place, was nonsensically moved to the main event, the Doomsday Cage match. And Sting's partner is now, for no reason whatsoever, Booker T. Uh, the Doomsday Cage match was not announced on Nitro, uh, but since it was announced, they've been doing some work on Nitro to build towards it, including the debut of as-yet-unnamed Zeus and as-yet-unnamed huge white guy with weird face paint last week. Uh, Sal, did you, did you watch last week's Nitro? Uh, I did. Um, to be honest, I didn't know what they called him in WCW either, uh, Z Gangsta. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But um, I would 
like to say I was a little confused. I've been a longtime fan of Nitromania, and I always thought when I used to watch WCW Saturday Night that it was just a, a highlight show, especially when Nitro started. But apparently they do a lot of main storylines on the Saturday show. Yeah, I think at this point Saturday Night is still the the anchor show, still the you know the flagship show WCW. So hopefully, uh, I'm thinking that once some things happen coming down the line here in 1996, that that changes. But I'm not exactly sure when. But we'll get to that. Uh, where the fuck was I in my notes? There we are. Uh, the Doomsday Cage match is a four-level cage, somehow, where Hulk Hogan and now also Macho Man have to fight through the Taskmaster, Lex Luger, Arn Anderson... And Ric Flair, and apparently Zeus, and Big Whitey, and whoever else they decide to throw in there. To say that I do not have high hopes for this match would be the understatement of the year. Mm. And I realize now, as I read that out loud, that, that Big Whitey sounds kind of racist, but uh, we'll, there's, it gets worse. We'll get to that. Um, other than that, they mentioned a U- United States Championship match between Eddie Guerrero and Conan, but nothing there has happened on Nitro. Apparently, Colonel Parker is going to fight Medusa, and I'm sure I'm forgetting at least one other thing that's going to happen tonight. They've also been telling us constantly that this show is unsanctioned and unauthorized, so I am so very glad that they were able, able to find a pirated bootleg to put up on the WWE Network for us. Plus, if you'll remember, Eric Bischoff spent a whole lot of time last Monday talking about Dennis Rodman and how he was friends with Hulk Hogan and how he'd just been suspended by the NBA, so I'm sure he'll turn up tonight, right? Wrong. Right. So, (laughs) with all that preamble out of the way, unless you have anything else to add, Sal. Uh, The only thing I want to add is that I really felt watching last week's Nitro and listening along with Nitromania that they threw this card together out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> All right. It is Sunday, March 24th, not 23rd, like the network says, 1996, and this is Uncensored. The WWE Network description says, quote, WCW presents Uncensored 1996. Everything you've wanted to see, plus things you would never expect. The Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, face the alliance to end Hulkamania in a doomsday cage match. Sting and Booker T battle the Road Warriors in a Chicago street fight. Conan defends the United States Championship against Eddie Guerrero, plus Diamond Dallas Page, the Giant, and more. Unquote. I want to make note here that at no time on Nitro has this grouping ever been called the Alliance to End Hulkamania. Uh, the show opens with a video featuring Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, and Ric Flair speaking. Ric Flair actually says the Alliance to eliminate Hulkamania. Close. Still working then, out. Lex, then Lex Luger, and then Jimmy Hart cackles maniacally, as Jimmy Hart is wont to do. Uh, we are live from the Tupelo Coliseum in Tupelo, Mississippi. This arena also, sadly for it, hosted Uncensored 1995, featuring the infamous King of the Road match we've mentioned previously on this show. And we'll be back here in about 13 months for Spring Stampede 97. But of course, we'll discuss that when we get to it. Wow, they get all the good shows. <laughs> We, we go live into the arena and there are two rings set up. There's the normal ring in the center and towards one end of the building is the doomsday cage. We are at commentary with Tony, Dusty, and the brain, which really sounds like a cartoon show. 
They're dusty and the brain. It, no. All right. Anyway, Tony comments on the fact that Brain is wearing a leather jacket and Brain says it's because anything can happen and he can just wipe stuff off. <laughs> Weird. He's not. He says he's not going to ruin his Armani suit at Uncensored. Your opening contest this evening is the United States title match between Eddie Guerrero and Conan. Conan is still dressed like an absolute moron. Yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might chime in there. When I had uh, been watching WCW, and I'll admit it, I watched it for a little while back in the early 90s, but then I didn't start tuning in until things happened later on this in this year of 1996. Um, I always thought Conan just kind of dressed like a gangster. <laughs> so to see him come out for the opening contest in this... Looking like a jester. Pink and blue type of, like... It looks like a Max Moon outfit got thrown through the shredder, and that's what was left. <laughs> for um, for those of you for those of you listening at home, uh, on the host thread that is mentioned uh, on, on the rundown, uh, you know, the, the, the group text that all of us are on together, uh, Sal sent a picture of Conan... With the uh, with the phrase, I believe it said, "Adam, what the hell have you gotten me into?" <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a sight, and then um, it was good to see. I you know I was excited to see this match as far as Conan versus Eddie Guerrero. I really had high hopes. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, a very technical match to start: reversals and rest holds, ground based offense. You know uncensored guerrero eventually locks conan one end still by the way into a figure four and conan makes it to the ropes then a series of pins encounters a chin lock an arm lock then conan locks eddie in a leg lock that looks legitimately painful uh conan then i think tries to go for a surfboard but can't figure out how to get it in or as my friend sorry get it in that was poor phrasing or as my friend described it uh it looks like he's trying to shove his foot up his own asshole uh and then that's a direct quote from my from my buddy who was over while we were while i was watching uncensored and writing the notes for the show uh and then just goes for a boston crab instead we get some fast-paced lucha stuff finally reversals into reversals into reversals and then eddie just slaps conan in the face the crowd begins chanting for eddie conan then gets the crowd to chant for him and said pick a goddamn side tupelo would you uh then we go back to the slow shit we finally get back to the entertaining stuff as Eddie throws Conan out of the ring with a head scissors, then leaps on him from the top rope to the outside. A springboard senton into the ring onto Conan, but Conan gets his leg on the ropes to break up the pin. Then more rest holds. Eddie puts Conan in a head scissors, and Conan pounds the mat to try and get the crowd interested. Conan finally does something interesting and hits Eddie with a crucifix, sit-out, powerbomb for two. They then go to the top, and Conan pushes Eddie to the outside. He attempts to dive through the ropes and almost missed Eddie, but Eddie goes into the barricade anyways. We then get a superplex from Eddie that Conan kicks out of it too. Conan tries to throw Eddie from the top, but Eddie rolls him up for two. We then get an absolutely ridiculous finish as Conan tries to leapfrog. No, sorry, Eddie tries to leapfrog Conan, I think. But Conan kind of catches him and falls onto his back. And we're meant to believe that Conan headbutted Eddie in the balls and pinned him for three. Uh, Shivani is beside himself. Conan tries to make peace, but Eddie wants nothing to do with him. Off to a real great start here. What a stupid fucking finish. 
to kind of a boring match. Sal, what did you think? Okay, so this match had a lot of pacing problems. Uh, you had mentioned it I, during, I would definitely agree with that. You had mentioned it during a recap. They started off very technical, and then it sped up, and then <clears> slowed <throat> down. Then it sped up, and then it slowed down. I don't understand if they were just trying to hold back, uh, because I know that both these guys can go. And I know that both these guys can go in a fast-paced match. So it was a little weird. It almost felt like they just weren't feeling it tonight. Um, what One thing I noted, Tony Schiavone made it a point to say, and Tony Schiavone has a very bad habit of lying. He lied his ass <laughs> off tonight. Eddie Guerrero did that spot where he jumped with a crossbody from the turnbuckle to the outside. And Tony Schiavone says, we have never seen moves like this before. I'm sorry. Hasn't the cruiserweight division been on WCW since the beginning of '96, or never, not even ever. even before that? Never ever. Never ever seen moves never, like this before. Never ever ever. Um, it amazes me how ama- how great Dusty Rhodes is as a promo guy in this business, and how atrocious he is as a commentator. <laughs> <laughs> At one point, um, he just goes off on a tangent by himself, and then asks Shivani and Heenan. Uh, Hello, hello, did you lose me? Are you here with me? <laughs> and both of them were like, I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> now, as you mentioned, the finish was really fucked. So, yeah, Eddie goes for that leapfrog. Uh, Conan, Eddie kind of shoves his crotch into Conan's face. And Conan sells it like he just got poked in the eye. Make your own joke there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but Shivani is like legit pissed off like oh my god did you see what he the crowd is booing and i'm like so okay. fucking mad okay the crowd is booing so what so what does that mean conan headbutted him in the nuts because it didn't look like it Ugh. yeah and then they show and then they showed a replay of it <laughs> where you can clearly see that nothing fucking happened exactly so they they definitely trying to make something out of nothing there uh and that's your u.s title match what i have a question why is conan the u.s champion wasn't that Sting's like just a few weeks ago? It was. It was Sting a couple months ago, and then it was One Man Gang, Ugh. and and now it's Conan. So when everybody shits on the United and States title, and he's also and he's also still the Mexican champion. Yes, they mentioned that plenty of times. But so when everybody shits on the U.S. title and how the WWE books it currently, and all the prestige it used to have, really. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, every everything has to have a lull, right? Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, mean Gene. Pull up your socks and get ready. Is in the locker room. Uh, Gene tells us that we can chat with WCW wrestlers on CompuServe, and we get a shot. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> of all the of all the people they could choose, we get a shot of the giant sitting at a desk. <laughs> With a tiny-ass computer. Giant, uh, with his giant-ass fingers on a tiny-ass keyboard. With a big copy yeah, Pretending, pretending to chat. <laughs> pretending to chat with people. Um, mean Gene is with Colonel Parker. See if you can make any sense of this promo. Colonel Robert Parker joined with none other than Dick Slater. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the two of you were hardly even talking. As a matter of fact, I'm not so certain you weren't responsible and still are for the absence of Bunkhouse Buck. But... You're going to be meeting a woman tonight. That's the first Colonel Robert Parker. And where do you start? (laughs) 
you know, you're showing me a lot of gratitude for coming out here and fighting on your behalf right here in Tupelo tonight. You know, uh, before I say anything, I want to thank Dick for all the help and training that he's given me. I'm doing this match for you tonight, Dick. I'm doing it for my great uncle, Colonel Tom Parker, for Red and all the boys, for Elvis himself. I'm doing it for you, That's it. I'm doing it for you also, and don't you forget that. I'm doing it for all the people in the great state of Mississippi that loves Colonel Parker like a hog loves slop. I'm going to take that girl. I'm going to rub her face in it real good. I'm going to give her what all of you good for nothing sitting out there of the male gender ain't got the guts enough to do. You yellow shaky hand cowards, sit there and watch Colonel Parker do your fighting tonight against Medusa. You know, I could just about read your mind. Dick Slater, uh, any parting thoughts, so to speak? Well, no, Colonel, put it right on, nail the nail hammer right on the head. Everything, every man sitting out there has got to really love the Colonel now because when the Colonel whips Medusa, he's gonna, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's going to be wrestling history. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen. Watch your hands, Colonel. Don't you worry about my hands. I'm going to be all over her, and I'm going to teach her what a man stands for. I'm stronger, I'm bigger, I'm taller. I'm the rooster, and I'm going to prove it. All right, he's in his own stomping grounds. Gentlemen, I thank you very much. Colonel Robert Parker to meet Medusa, man versus woman tonight as part of Uncensored. Let's get back to the ring and the Lunsman Tate Penzer. All right, so Colonel Parker is is doing it for all the men who aren't man enough to fight women yeah is that that's what he said is that what i got out of that okay also <laughs> did mean gene say lachaim at the end there <laughs> i i don't know he said something to dick slater at one point both of them started laughing yeah was cutting yeah. promo so no idea all right i'm glad i'm glad i'm not the only one who is completely confused by that Huh. Your next match is a special grudge match between Lord Steven Regal, accompanied by Jeeves F. Tompkins, and the Belfast Bruiser. Uh, before Sal- we before we get there, yeah, uh, the camera goes back to the arena, and we see a shot of some of the Tupelo, Mississippi fans. <laughs> some of the ugliest people <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Mm. You can tell they're in Mississippi. Nice. My my apo- also my apologies to anyone who listens from Mississippi. <laughs> Also, the opinions uh, of Sal Dusty do not Rhodes, reflect the opinions of the Nitro Mania podcast. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Dusty Rhodes decided to call Jeeves Chives. <laughs> <laughs> For no reason. Oh, D- Dusty's, uh, Dusty's, Dusty. Yeah, that's about right. This man is determined in this match. Wouldn't you say, Dream? Well, he better be. He's got Chives out there with him. And I'll tell you something about, about this situation. This one's been brewing. This guy come all the way across the big pond. I'm talking about the Belfast Bruiser. And, and I believe, now that first match we see, what a great matchup this is. This going to be more little fisticuffs, I believe. But I, I lost Stephen Regal then for it. What do you call him? Chives. Isn't that when you walk too fast, you need powder? No, that's, that's high. That's Chase. Close enough. Okay, Sal, <laughs> since, uh, since I have you here, uh, and we discussed this a couple weeks ago when he debuted. What do you think of the Belfast Bruisers look? Okay. Um, I don't really understand the shoulder pad <laughs> slash leather jacket. Thing. <laughs> it is. Yes. For those of you listening at home who haven't been listening, uh, who are just coming in and haven't seen a picture of the Belfast Bruiser, which is Fit Finley, uh, the man wears a leather jacket 
but it's only like half a jacket because the other half is a just a f- football shoulder pad. It's like it, it's almost as if he wants to look like the Road Warriors and then he wants to look like Raven and he can't pick which one. <laughs> he wants to look like Raven, who will not be in the company for at least another three years. Um, and then also has one of the greatest mullets of all time. Oh, yes. With the greatest mustache to go with. That yes. Too. Uh, and, and to correct Beautiful. you, Raven will be around in very shortly, probably about a year and a half. All right. Nevertheless. Again, I didn't watch in 1996, so I don't know where we are in things. Anyway. Um, okay. So Shivani does actually call Bruiser Fit Finley. So he does have a name. They just yes. decide not to use it for some reason. But, but this his match- lower third said Belfast yes, he Bruiser. is the Belfast Bruiser right, right now. I hope that changes soon because that's a stupid fucking name. Anyway, <laughs> um, very, very brutal to start. This match just starts off as a fight. Uh, this is, to start, much more something that I would expect from a show called Uncensored than that slow fucking slog of a first match. Bruiser is really just beating the absolute hell out of Lord Steven Regal here. Um, and Sal, I'm glad you're here because you stole this uh, bit for your show. Let's play another round of our favorite game. Is it it racist? racist. Tony reminds us that Conan just successfully defended his United States championship and uses that as a segue to tell us about the Spanish announce team. However, that is not what I'm going to use as the game, though, because Conan is sitting there with the Spanish announce team. So that kind of works as a segue. Tony mentions... Tony mentions that uh, that maybe Pedro Morales can get the story out of Conan about whether or not he intentionally didn't actually headbutt Eddie Guerrero in the balls. And then Dusty says this. Like, he's, Miguel, if, if anybody can get that out of Conan, Miguel can because he speaks Espanol. You know what I mean? And he can actually look in his eye when he's speaking Espanol and tell if he's a, if he's a uh, fidget a little bit. I understand. He can look him in his eyes and he can speak that Espanol to him. Like it's a friggin' alien language. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty, uh, Dust, Dusty then tells us that he thinks Tupelo has 32,000 people in the whole city and that they're all there tonight. According to Cage Match, there were about 9,000 people there for Dusty. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Finley uh, continu- Real quick, I forgot something Shivani said earlier. Okay. Uh, in the first match, Eddie Guerrero hit Conan with a European uppercut, and Shivani says, and I quote, a European uppercut, truly, this match has international flavor. <laughs> oh, classy. Uh god damn it, Shivani. I can't I can't wait until he's the regular announcer on Nitro. Oh, uh, Finley continues to beat the shit out of Regal, and then I laugh out loud because Finley tries to grab a chair from the front row, but they're all attached to each other. <laughs> uh we then get a beautiful Regal moment as Nick Patrick distracts nope. Who distracts? Somebody distracted the referee. I'm going to say Regal. Somebody. I wrote Nick Patrick, but Nick Patrick is the referee, so he can't distract himself. Uh, Nick Patrick gets distracted, and then Regal just straight up kicks Finley in the balls in the corner. Uh, then, then Bobby says this. Oh, I'm writing the corned beef and cabbage. <laughs> we um, we can't play. Is it racist for that? Because it's not racism, but is it xenophobic? I think we can call that xenophobic. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Uh, definitely a hard-hitting match. Uh, Regal's selling is great to his facial expressions. He just looks pissed off every time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Finley hits him. Yeah, so they fight outside the ring, and Finley opens Regal up with a fist to the eye. Uh, they end up fighting down the aisle, and Regal throws Finley into the Doomsday Cage. He then drags him back to the ring and throws Finley into the stage. And the other two blue, the stairs, sorry, the other two blue bloods, Squire David Taylor and Earl Robert Eaton, run out and attack Finley, leading to the disqualification. I'm not even going to call that a match. Your thoughts on that fight? First of all, I thought it was uncensored, so why are there disqualifications? Because <laughs> there are second, no limits. Second of all, it was a great fight. Um, I enjoyed the the action between these two. Obviously, oh, Finley yeah. and Regal are going to bring it. Absolutely. Uh, the only uh, point of contention... Um, well, first of all, I wrote down three points when when Regal hit him in the nuts because that was a fucking shot. Oh my shot. god, such a great, such a great spot. Just literally, just straight up, just kicks him in the balls. Yes, my my only point of contention going back to Squire David Taylor and Bobby Eaton is um they kind of should have really laid a beating on Finley and then left him instead of fighting to the back. They should have kind of laid him out. But uh, what do I know? I'm not booking this shit. Hmm. Might have done better. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> Back to Mean Gene again. Gene is with Jimmy Hart and the Giant. Jimmy yells and screams about something. Gene tells us that tomorrow night, Giant will face Flair for the WCW heavyweight title, which is kind of strange in storyline terms, but Giant screams that tomorrow night he will tear Ric Flair limb from limb and take back his WCW championship. That's not exactly what Gene Oakland says. I know. I caught, I caught myself later, but that's what I wrote, so that's what I read. Uh, we go back to the desk. <laughs> it's close enough based on what the match actually is. Uh, that's we'll, a good point. We'll get to that. We go back to the desk for a total of about a minute and a half where Bobby tells Colonel Parker to bribe Medusa into not kicking his ass. And then they send us back to Gene, who tells us to call the hotline because someone may be retiring to become a movie star. That's wait, a scoop. Wait, 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 wait. So they go, Gene makes fun of Bobby Heenan, and they go to the booth. And then Bobby Heenan, like you said, explains that Colonel Parker needs to bribe Medusa. He makes a comment that, oh, just give him, just give her your credit cards. Tony, you've done that before. She, she, that works on her. And Dusty Rhodes' face when he says that. Oh my God. He's like, what the fuck? Did he just really say that? That was great. And then they, yes, you're right. They go back to Gene, which was weird because I've never seen them do that before. Yeah. And Gene just, you know, pimps the hotline. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite part about this is that, I mean, it's not even like they're trying to make it look like Gene went from the Giants locker room to Loch Ness's locker room. It's the same. They have one spot. That they do yep. all these fucking things in front of about four red lockers. It's the same same thing that they did at uh, at the last one we did, Super Brawl, where it was one spot in the bathroom, it looked like. Uh, like in front of a mirror with some lockers in the background. Get some fucking variety. Anyway, um, yeah, so they send us back to Gene, who tells us to call the hotline, blah, blah, blah. He then, I keep losing my place. That's it. I need to start. Anyway, he then brings in Loch Ness, as we said. Apparently, I was wrong. It's the winner of Giant versus Loch Ness who will face Ric Flair tomorrow. So it's going to be the giant. Loch Ness <laughs> says something Scottish through his missing teeth. And Gene Oakland makes a comment about those teeth. He says, hey, you know, I got a dentist. You... <laughs> I, missed, uh, I somehow missed that. Uh, <clears throat> Enter Colonel Robert Parker, who will be apparently fighting in his colonel suit. Uh, his opponent, as stated, is Medusa, who is dressed like an American gladiator. They lock up repeatedly to the shock and awe of the commentators. Then Medusa takes him over with an arm drag, and he tries to forfeit. 
Parker picks Medusa up in an airplane spin and she shrieks, but she counters with a sunset flip for two. She then body slams Parker and he hits the floor. Parker consoles himself with Dick Slater, who's appeared in the aisle. He re-enters the ring and hits Medusa with a two-handed choke slam. She avoids an elbow drop, knocks him down, and hits him with a drop kick from the top rope. She leaps onto Parker from the top to the outside, and I think he was supposed to catch her but and stay standing, but couldn't. It looked really fucking weird. Uh, back in the ring, Medusa hits Parker with a German suplex, and Slater pulls Medusa's leg out from under her to break up the pin. Parker then kind of rolls one leg over Medusa's chest and shoves his dick in her face, and Randerson yep. counts three. So I am interested in what you thought of this. Oh, you're absolutely right on that finish. He literally just shoved his crotch right into her mouth and pinned her, and the ref counted it, so that's on the ref too. Um you brought up something interesting. Yeah, you're right. They locked up, and you would have thought that Colonel Pachter kicked her in the cunt. The way, <laughs> especially the way Dusty and Brain reacted. Language. Jesus Christ. Language. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. This is a family show, of course. Uh, you know. The match was uh, shit. Uh, Medusa looked good. Of course it, of yeah. course it was. The Medusa looked good. It's a shame this is what you know she left the WWF for because she wasn't no, doing anything Jesus. there. So now she can come here and not do anything to, here and do, do and do nothing here. Exactly. No shit. This is literally she she appeared on Nitro on what was it the second or third episode of Nitro, and now we're on the twenty ninth uh, week of Nitro, and this is the second match that we've seen her. Have you had the chance at least on to watch, at least on Nitro? Have you had the chance to watch the? Um, the YouTube series, uh, Southpaw Regional Wrestling? I have not. Of course not. That's a dumb question. <laughs> well, um... I'm five years behind on podcasts, Sal. You think i got time for YouTube? Well, <laughs> so, uh, uh, obviously, it's a series based in the early or mid-80s, and um, it reminds me of one of the skits they did in there, because they hire one woman wrestler. And, of course, when they figure out they only hired one, one of the guys <laughs> freaks out and says, one? What are you going to do with one? You need to hire two. So that's what this reminds me of because Medusa has nobody no, to fight. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, the only other match she's had on on this podcast was a match against Sensational Sherry that Sherry fought without shoes on. Uh, Classy. All right. So they then send us back to some guy I have never seen before in my life. Uh, he is with the Road Warriors. You know... Silly me thinking that because they were having a Chicago street fight that this event was going to be in Chicago. So, uh, hit it, Wait, Mr. some guy you've never seen before in your life. You talk about Lee Marshall? Yes. Oh, you're going to see a lot of him. Oh, <laughs> you picked the wrong podcast. Oh, boy. I never, I didn't, I didn't say I didn't like him. I just said I'd never fucking seen him before. He has a sweet 70s mustache. Anyway, hit it, mystery man. Fans, there should be no doubt in anybody's mind as to why this is called WCW Uncensored, as you have seen some of the wildest action that has been seen inside the four corners of any ring in quite some time. But if you think things have gotten hot so far, I guarantee you things are just starting to heat up. Those following WCW know that the tag team situation is what all the writers are talking about. Everything is on the line. Everybody wants a shot at these guys, and I got a feeling you guys want a shot at anybody that's willing to step in against you. It does not matter who we're going to go against. We want to kick everybody's butt. And right now, in a very short time, Stank Booker T, you're going to find out why we're called the Chicago Big Bullies. We don't get to be the champions of the Chicago Street Fight for beating up nobodies. We got to be the Road Warriors for beating up the best. Tell them, Hawk, the Medulla Obligata. 
otherwise known as a brainstem, controls all the body functions, everything. Booker T and Sting, I and Animal are going to remove your brainstems. You will have to depend on Depends for the rest of your life. Because, you see, we're the team that says what we're going to do and then gets the job done. There's no sticking way you two could legally beat us to anytime, any place, especially in our match. At Chicago Street Fight, the one we're best at. All out blitz. Anything goes. Nobody cares, especially us. Well, we've got a situation here where Booker T has aligned with Sting. Obviously, Harlem Heat wants a shot at the WCW World Tag Team Championship. These guys want a shot. I'm telling you, it has not gotten any hotter in tag team competition than it is right now. Uncensored continues. Let's go to the ring. I have to say, Hawk saying you're going to depend on depends for the rest of your life is a pretty good line. What do you think? <laughs> uh, he lost himself a little bit talking about brain, st- brain it's, cells. Was... It's Hawk. Of course he lost himself. <laughs> oh, he, he, did a, he cut a promo about washing machines, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you agitate me like a washing machine. Anyway. Apparently that was Lee Marshall. I have no idea who that is. Back to the desk, and they tell us how down on his luck DDP is, that he sold all his wrestling gear and everything since he lost the $6 million at the last pay-per-view. Apparently WCW has no pay-per-view offering in April, as they send us to a promo for Slamboree in May. Uh, The next match is an I Quit Wrestling match. Not an I Quit match, and for some reason not a retirement match, just an I Quit Wrestling match. Dumb name. Anyway, let's send it to David Penzer for the stipulations here. The next match at Uncensored is set for one fall. The special stipulations are if Diamond Dallas loses, he will quit wrestling. If he wins, he will regain his money and the booty girl. The booty girl. Anyway, DDP is trying to get his money back, money that he fairly lost last month. DDP comes out looking kind of like a homeless guy. I was going to say, say it like a hobo. And Booty comes out looking more orange than Randy Orton in his prime. Oh. Not so. knowing anything about the lead up to this match, because we're still at a point where, as we mentioned, Nitro is not the flagship and not where most of the storylines take place. I have to say that I feel like DDP is doing a good job playing the character here tonight. Uh, he really does look down on his luck, and he's taking it out on the fans. Uh, and the gear helps as well. He's gone from the polished tights that we've seen in months past, of the sunglasses and the cigar and the jacket and all that gear, uh, to what looks like purple sweat plants with the letters DDP sewed on one leg and plain black boots. Uh, the booty girl eventually makes her way to ringside wearing what looks like a ballet outfit that matches booty's tights. I am fully expecting her to turn on booty here tonight. Right? Sadly, I am incorrect. As he brings her up on the ap- as DDP brings her up on the apron, kisses her, she slaps him. Booty hits him with the high knee. You get it? You get it? <laughs> You get it? And pins DDP for three. Booty then makes out with Kimberly at ringside. Tony then says, I guess we can call her the booty girl, which they've been calling her for weeks now. (sighs) So now apparently DDP is gone forever. What'd you think? Well, we'll never see DDP again, according to this. (laughs) Never, Uh, ever, ever. Also, as bad as DDP was down on his luck, did you notice how they took time to bury Johnny B. Bad? (laughs) Of course. 
they made it a point about four or five times to be like, well, Johnny B. Bad was going to fight him, but he just decided he couldn't hang out with the big boys. Yeah. Uh, also, Diamond Dallas page uh, complete with not shaving, which really looked weird. Um, this match sucked. I, of I, course I've, it did. It's a I have man not, match. I have not been quiet about my disdain for the characters that Ed Leslie has played <laughs> in wrestling. <laughs> Okay, going all the way back to WrestleMania 1. Um, and I really have no problem with Ed Leslie as a person. I'm sure he's a very nice human being. But the fucking booty man with his f- stupid fishnet cutout tights? Like, give me a give me a break. What, what, what did you think of the theme song? Because we actually got to hear it tonight. We got to hear it a lot on Nitro as well, which we'll get to. Uh, I, I, I was like you. I was completely convinced. Oh, Kimberly's just going to turn on... On the booty man. She's going to yep. let Diamond win because Diamond's not going to lose. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Super- and all, <laughs> okay. All- yeah. Silly, silly us thinking Hulk Hogan's best friend would would lose. And also, when he hit the knee and then Tony Schiavone called Please. it the high knee. High, high knee. I was I literally slapped my hand <clears throat> to my forehead and was like, oh, fuck, you got to be shitting me. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they dance. They dance afterwards. So mm-hmm. that's good. They're there. They're the 1996 version of Fandango. Barf. Uh, yeah. Backstage, Gene is with Jimmy Hart and Lex Luger. Wow! Jimmy is now sad and emotional because this is the last night that he'll get to be with Lex Luger. Jimmy gives Lex a custom spray-painted airbrush jacket and runs off, and Gene almost swears at him. Lex says he's caught between a rock and a hard place and says he didn't desert Sting. It's all Jimmy Hart's fault, and he's sure that Sting will do fine tonight. So from that promo, we naturally go to the Chicago Street. Nope, sorry. We're having the Giant versus Giant match. Loch Ness versus the Giant. Apparently, my Wi-Fi really wants me to relish this match as it freezes constantly during the opening minutes. Uh, and when I say opening minutes, I mean the entire fucking thing. Loch Ness does hit Giant with his big elbow drop and says he's going to go for a second. Then the bell rings for no reason and Loch Ness misses the second elbow drop. Moments later, Giant kicks Loch Ness in the face, leg drops him and pins him for three, locking in his world title match tomorrow night. Shocking. I'd ask what you thought of that match, Sal, but there really wasn't much there to judge. Total time of the match, two minutes and 34 seconds. Giant versus Giant. First of all, I'm calling bullshit. There's no way Loch Ness weighs 700 pounds. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I, now that I'm watching a lot of old school wrestling, they tend to have a lot of very, very super heavyweights on the card. And he's probably five, maybe 550. He's not 700 pounds. Just like Giant's not seven foot four. Especially because they tell us that the Giant is well over 400 pounds. And they don't look that much different in size. It's just, it's just laid out differently. Also, I could not believe it when the Loch Ness came out. He's using Rey Mysterio's music. <laughs> I think I think Henry has mentioned that at some point, that they recycle that theme quite a bit. I was like, this is so weird watching a WCW event and hearing this music and not seeing little Rey Mysterio when he was like 19 walk out to the ring. Yeah, well, I'll have to, I'll have to look for that when Rey Mysterio appears, whenever that happens. Yeah. Um, Giant does a move in... in this match, if you want to call it that, uh, where he runs towards Loch Ness, who's in the turnbuckle, and Loch Ness moves, and Giant goes flying over the turnbuckle onto the outside. <laughs> I don't know why he thinks that's a good idea. 
But um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can other we, than that, really no wanna, shock. I just want to talk about that. This is this is giant versus giant. This is two guys that they have built up as unstoppable forces, and it's a fucking squash. I was gonna say, and giant beats them in two minutes. So. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking squash. Oh. Uh. All right, back to Lee Marshall. He <laughs> he brings in Sting and Booker. Enjoy as this promo slowly breaks down into gibberish. Well, fans, a little bit earlier on WCW main event, you saw two of the world's finest athletes get together and discuss, if you will, a mutual admiration society, how one has use and need for the other. Well, that is just about ready to happen. I'm talking about the Chicago Street Fight. Wrestling and politics do indeed make for strange bedfellows. If this were an all-star game, you would see a, a team like this. Let me bring in one half of the world tag team champions, the man known as Sting, and maybe for this event only, his partner from Harlem Heat, Booker T. Stinger, what about it? You do need this man. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. It kind of goes like this. Me and Sting, we didn't already talked about what's at stake here, a friendship thing, and all of that put to a side. But me, straight OG brother from the hood, I got something to prove. That's to the road warrior. That's first in hand. The road warriors. I heard them out here talking a little earlier about what they're going to do. They ain't scared. But let me tell you, when it's all over with, after they come down 110th Street, it's going to be a Harlem Street fight, sucker. Straight OG, it's gonna be on like neck bone, if you know what I'm talking about, Sting. Straight OG brother, is that what you're saying? Right. Straight OG from Harlem, right? You came from the streets, didn't you? Don't forget that, come on. I need you like you were earlier. I need you ticked off, man. I want you bad to the bone. Don't make me knock you out right now, Yeah, that's what I want you to say. I want you to knock out one of the warriors. You know why? Because it's obvious my brothers in paint had thrown a friendship out the door. So guess what, road warriors? Those detached retinas and those kneecaps that are detached, forget it. Because Booker T and the Stinger are coming at you like you'll never believe. We heard it earlier from the Road Warriors. They said that they were going to come after everybody, and that includes you guys. Believe me, this may be well the match of your life, Booker. You're looking at Sting, five-time world champ. You're looking at Harlem Heat, four-time world tag team champ. The Scorpion Deathlock, Harlem Hangover. It's going to be nothing but a thing, like a chicken wing on a string. When we finish these two suckers, because you know what's happening. Oh, like neck bone. Give it to me. Come on, give it to me. I got to say, you know what's happening when it's all over. It's going to be me and you and Lex Luger for the world. You talk about a couple of guys with their game faces on Booker T and Sting. Let's go to the ring. Whoa! All right. Penzer tells us that there's no time limit, falls count anywhere, and enter the Road Warriors. One word. Huck attacks as Sting and Booker are entering, and we immediately end up in the ring. So this is going to be one of those awesome WCW matches that it's impossible to follow because it's all chaos and there's only one camera and one referee. Luckily... They quickly give us a split screen, but this doesn't make it much easier, though, as at one point, both cameras on the split screen are showing Sting and Animal in the ring and not Hawk and Booker outside. Uh, eventually, Sting just wanders to the back, followed by Animal, and he reemerges with a chair. He hits Animal with the chair, and then in the ring, Hawk breaks loose from some kind of leg lock, and Sting hits him with a chair and hits a pretty good-looking chair shot to Hawk's face. Uh, he then drops the chair and goes after Hawk, and Animal just casually enters the ring, picks up the chair, and waffles Sting and Booker with it. They fight some more, then Hawk tries to grab a chair that's attached to all the other chairs, just like 
the Belfast Bruiser did. He eventually gets one, but quickly realizes that it's not a regular folding chair. It's like a theater chair that where the seat goes up, but the bottom part doesn't go together. So he hits Booker in the gut and then awkwardly hits Sting in the back of the head before throwing the chair on the floor. Booker and Animal end up at the top of the aisle by the Doomsday Cage while Hawk and Sting fight in the ring. Everyone ends up back in the ring and Booker dives on Hawk from the top rope and pins him, which Nick Patrick stops at two for a rope break. In a falls count anywhere, street street fight. fight. Yep. At one point, Shivani tells us that they're all standing in Tupelo for this match when you can clearly see the people in the floor section across from the hard camera seated comfortably. I told then, you he's a liar. We then hear Nick Patrick threaten to ring the bell because Animal won't stop attacking Booker in the corner. I don't think Nick Patrick actually knows how this match works. The commentators then begin to make excuses for why so much of this Falls Count Anywhere match has happened in the ring. Booker then pins Hawk again, and again, Nick Patrick stops counting because of a rope break. Fuck your face. Uh, (laughs) Eventually, Booker leaves, Animal follows him, and they end up backstage where Lex Luger is. Animal gets shoved into Luger. Luger goes into a trash can, gets all pissed off, and Luger, Animal, and Stevie Ray beat up... uh, Sorry, Luger, Booker, and Stevie Ray beat up Animal and tape him by the wrists to a pole in the backstage area. Booker returns to ringside and they go to work on Hawk. Stevie Ray runs out and clocks Hawk with a chair and Booker pins him for three. Then we're informed that because of that, Harlem Heat have earned a tag title shot. Probably would have been good to mention that earlier. Uh, in the back, Stevie hits Animal with a chair again and we go to replays. That street fight started off kind of boring, got interesting at the end. What did you think? Oh boy. Okay. So... As we had talked about before, uh, this was supposed to be Sting and Luger versus uh, the Road Warriors. One word. One word. And they decided to sub Luger out and throw in Booker T, which was kind of weird. For no goddamn reason. For no goddamn reason, especially if you're going to give Harlem Heat the title tag title shot afterwards against Sting and Luger. Um, I hated the the split cam because it just didn't work right. Like you said, there were points where you could see the other guy in both shots. It was just terrible. <clears throat> did uh, you, all... did you, when we did, uh, when Andy and I did World War Three? did you, did you watch World War Three? I did not. Talk about useless fucking split screens. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, Sting goes to the back to get a chair, which seems kind of, uh, counterproductive because, you know, there's, there's probably chairs under the ring, I would assume. But anyway, uh, he comes back with a bright green chair, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, and then at one point he comes back with broomsticks because broomsticks apparently are greater than chairs. <laughs> uh, also, I felt the Road, the Road Warriors uh, totally deserved what happened to them at the end of the match because Animal should have just let Booker T walk away and then they could have double team Sting and they could have won. Instead, Animal has to follow him to the back and then get shit kicked by Lex Luger, and out of nowhere, Stevie Ray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luger can't be in this match because he's getting ready for Doomsday, and we go in the back, and there's fucking Luger just hanging out, <laughs> looking looking at himself in a mirror. Also, fuck Nick Patrick. He uh. do- obviously does not understand the <laughs> rules of a street fight. A false count anywhere. No, yeah, no disqualification. Street fight. Um, speaking of, speaking of Lex Luger and being backstage, it occurs to me that 
WCW doesn't have a big screen in the arena, so the fans likely had no fucking idea what's happening when when Animal and Booker left. <laughs> All right, I didn't think of that. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? Uh, I suppose. Yeah, it is now main event time. The Doomsday Cage match. Let's go to commentary for the breakdown of how this match works. We have something to follow that, and we have actually three stories of a doomsday cage. Well, this is why we came. This is what it's all about. That's why everybody come. The doomsday match is on us. We are talking about the tiers. We're talking about 45 feet of, of cages and, and different areas and different blocked-off areas. This is danger at its best. Will the, the taskmaster Bobby Heenan get rid of Hulkamania once and for all tonight? Well, this is put up or shut up. He's going to have to do it now. As I stand here, four or five stories of cages stacked one on top of the other. It looks like someone had taken away the cement at Alcatraz. And you can see in the cells, you can see the thieves, the muggers, the lowlifes in this world are all going to be in that cage. And they're going to be trying to get rid of Hulk Hogan, and you know it. And the Macho Man Randy Savage, the Mega Powers. Rules, I understand, are very simple. Hulk Hogan, the Macho Man Randy Savage, will begin at the top. is like a gauntlet. Yep. Once they get through a cage, if they win in that particular cage... Then those men would be eliminated till they work their way down to the bottom. They can pin Hulk Hogan or beat Macho Man Randy Savage at any time. But Hogan and Savage must go through every man to win their match. Tony, you're talking about rules. They don't care about rules. There's not going to be any rules. They're going to get in that cage and they're going to go after the big white tiger, Hulk Hogan, and tear the yellow and red off his carcass. Yeah, don't you know it. Don't bet on that. Mega Power's going to be ready for this situation. They've had time to think about it. The importance to WCW with the big boys play. The importance of this match right here on this pay-per-view is mega important than anything ever in, in wrestling history. Bottom line, the man that led us through the 80s, the man that leading us into the 90s, the man Hulk Hogan that stands for so much of what it's all about at WCW is now faced with this opportunity, Bobby Heenan, right now, to you, but we've been talking about them ridding him. He can rid them. And we're ready to go to Michael Buffer for the Doomsday Cage. <sighs> it's just as confusing as it sounds. Tony sends us to Michael Buffer, who's in the main ring and not the Doomsday Cage. Buffer immediately calls the Mega Powers the Mega Force. <laughs> I saw that. I caught that. Tonight, eight of the most fearsome physical specimens ever assembled will enter the Tower of Doom to meet the Megaforce. You know, you know, we talked on the runnies uh, a couple weeks ago about the Punjabi prison match being bad because the fans can't see what's going on. Yeah. This is a three-tiered, four-cage match. They keep saying it's 45 feet tall, and it's all the way at one end of the arena. I don't know how a lot of fans will have a good line of sight for this thing. And to be clear, for anybody who did not watch Uncensored, it's not the real ring that they've been using the whole night. It's off to like the back of the yeah arena. Like, like, exactly. Like I said, the the, the 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 main ring in the center, and then back at the end of the aisle next to where they come out is the Doomsday Cage. So it's all the way at the end, at one end of the arena where the entrance is. <laughs> And, also, and again, fuck Michael Buffer because he got oh, paid a shit ton of money. He got paid a shit ton of money just to call main events on pay-per-views and then yep. fuck them up. And then fuck them up, yeah. 
The heels begin to enter, and woman and Elizabeth accompany Ric Flair to the top of the cage. Zeus, as you mentioned, is now known as Z-Gangsta, and the huge white guy is apparently known as the Ultimate Solution. No. Which is a poor name choice. No. Well, they did change it. Oh, well, what was he originally going to be called? (laughs) Uh, A little little thing that you may have heard of in your history class from about, what, 1942, 43? Called The Final Solution. God, imagine if that made TV. I know. I say. Look, I know, I know that they're from the South, <laughs> but they have to at least know one Jew, right? <laughs> the guy who runs that network. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. Anyway. Uh. But. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tony starts asking where Brian Pillman is, and I figured after what happened on Nitro, Eric Bischoff wouldn't let him in the building. Uh, enter the Mega Powers, who Buffer calls the Mega Force again. Doubles down. Uh, we start in the top cage with Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. Why the hell are we starting with the Horsemen? All right. If you haven't watched the match, if you if you haven't yet gone back, and why would you really? Um, imagine like three small Hell in a Cells. Hells in a Cell, whatever, stacked on top of each other, fully enclosed, roof on top, and it's just chain link wall, chain link, walls, roof, floor, all of it, over a ring. For the cages that are above the ring cage, there's also a support post going right up the middle. Um, I can't wait for the spot when someone gets chokeslammed through the fence into the cell below. Also of note, <laughs> they apparently have no idea how to light this as they're fighting in mostly darkness. Also, Buffer announced Z-Gangsta and Ultimate Solution, but according to Shivani, they're nowhere to be found. Great. Uh, Somehow, the Mega Powers get powder and blind the horsemen, allowing them to go through the trap door to the second level. So, Hogan and Macho have to be pinned or submitted to be eliminated, but all they have to do to eliminate their opponents is go through a door. I'm going to stop you right here. Uh, let's I, let the, I, I wish let, you would. Let's let the fans know that there is no floor on these tiers. There's just chain link. Right. So the fighting that commences between these four is um, barely fighting at all because everybody's trying to carefully step around chain link fence. <laughs> and then yeah. you are correct. They blind uh, Anderson and Flair, and then they escape. Wait, I didn't know that was a thing. That wasn't even announced in the rules. Nope. So uh, then they go to the second tier, please. Yes, we're, in, we're in the second level now with Taskmaster, Luger, Meng, and the Barbarian. This second level has two rooms, but that doesn't seem to make a difference. Uh, Hogan somehow gets a chain and manages to chain the door between the two rooms shut. So the so I, uh, I was going to write, I assume, but apparently I typed, I asshole. That's how I was feeling watching this goddamn thing. Yep. So I assume the faces of fear have been eliminated, I guess. Because uh, he went through another door. Uh, Hogan and Sullivan are now fighting on the scaffolding outside the cage, while Macho Man fights with Luger inside the cage. Speaking of Luger, for fans of Luger selling, this is a great match for you. Oh, yeah. Luger then leaves the cage, and Savage begins fighting with the cage. Did you notice that? Yeah, okay. We're now on the floor outside the cage, and apparently we're going to the main ring. Why? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. <laughs> okay. M- match is over, right? 
They they escape the cage. Uh-huh. Right? I don't. Huh. But oh, uh. huh. why? Why do you have a ring in the cage if there's seemingly no way to get into the ring in the cage? Uh, the horsemen and the faces of fear have broken through the locked door and are making their way to the ring. Except that they're not. Z-Gangsta and the ultimate solution are still nowhere to be found. Hogan hits Luger with something that looks like a backpack, and Heenan calls it a bucket of bolts and tools and stuff. Direct quote. Bucket of bolts and tools and stuff. It looked like a backpack. Uh, turns out... The horsemen and the faces of fear, who they made a big deal about getting free and getting out of the cage, just fucking left to the back without doing anything. Finally, the solution and gangsta show up. They take the mega powers and throw them into the ring in the cage. Sal, I think we both knew that Zeus couldn't wrestle, but man, this ultimate solution fella isn't much better. No, he's got big arms, though. Oh, huge arms. He's a huge, huge, huge guy. Huge arms. So they drag Hogan and Savage Back to the Doomsday Cage? Back to the Doomsday Cage and, in, and into the bottom section of the Doomsday Cage. So, the, <laughs> I just, I, it, it's, it is unfathomable how stupid this thing is. So the fourth, from the, from the third level to the second level, there was a trap door. From yep. the one cage in the second level to the other cage in the second level, there was a door. But to get from the second level to the ring, you have to go outside the cage and then go back in through a door that's on the outside that you have to awkwardly step through because it's also at the same level as the ring apron. And there's like, I don't know, fucking this thing is. Can we also talk about the spot uh, in the second tier where Kevin Sullivan was like hanging off and Hogan was trying to murder him by throwing (laughs) him off? Yes, yes. Like 25 feet in the air. Yeah, Hogan. uh, So... So the the second the 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 top of the the top of the we'll call it the first cage, which is the bottom of the of the second cage, is a good what do you say about twelve feet above the ring, yes. something like that. And so the scaffolding, of course, that you know the the scaffolding that they use to get into the cage is obviously lines up with that. So when Hogan and Savage or Hogan and Sullivan are fighting outside the cage, Hogan tries to throw Sullivan off of this scaffolding from that second level. Which, as we said, is a good 15 feet or so off the floor. <sighs> he tried multiple times, too. So Hogan, mm-hmm. the good guy, mm-hmm. literally tried murder as a way yeah. to win this match. Yep. <sighs> as, uh, as, as WrestleCrap put it, as, as our buddy RD over on WrestleCrap put it, if you, if you need any further evidence that Hogan was booking himself, at least, uh, uh, was booking himself in Nitro and in, in WCW at this point, just watch this match. Ugh. Uh, the horsemen eventually show back up and enter the bottom cage as well because they need someone in there who can actually fucking wrestle. Speaking of the horsemen, fuck is Chris Benoit? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to ask you. I didn't haven't know. seen him for weeks now. Uh, Zeus and Solution stand back while the actual wrestlers do some work. Booty Man then almost misses his cue, but shows up and hands the Mega Powers two shitty frying pans. Luger then comes back to help the heels. Luger's got a glove he can barely get on his hand. Uh, Flair holds up Savage, and they do the worst-looking switcheroo spot I've ever fucking seen. Luger charges. Savage drops. Luger then does a stutter step and straight up grabs Flair's head and punches him in the face. They play it up. They play it up like he did it on purpose, but who the fuck knows at this point. Macho starts to leave. Uh, Hogan leaves the cage. Macho starts to leave as well, but then remembers that he actually has to pin Flair to end the match, which he does. 
And thankfully, that's the end. Shivani then starts telling the story that Luger hit Flair on purpose. Hogan has a conniption fit about Hulkamania. Shivani thanks us and sends us to the credits. Speaking of the credits, no one gets a last name tonight. Perhaps they were all too embarrassed to put their full name on this piece of shit. Also, the closing theme song over the credits is just fucking awful. Uh, what did you think of Doomsday and Uncensored as a whole? <sighs> okay, so wrestling promoters for years, especially ones outside of the WWF, but they're not excluded, um, but they try to come up with something new and different. And the problem is that people seldom or <clears throat> frequently forget that people still have to wrestle and people who pay to see this have to be able to see it. <laughs> so uh, this Doomsday Cage, I understand, was probably great on paper. Yeah, but doubt, doubtful. When you have that many people in the match, it's just going to be a convoluted fuckfest. Um, Z Gangster. I'm sorry, and... that's 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 a different kind of pay per view. <laughs> Z Gangster and the Ultimate Solution have no business in this. Really, did nothing. And then if the just debauchery wasn't bad enough, they decide that the Booty Man is going to show up with. Frying pans. The shittiest frying pans you've ever seen. Also, for some weird reason, we get the coal coal miner's glove back. (laughs) That's what Luger looked like he had when he hit Ric Flair. And you're right. He couldn't get it on his fucking hand. He stopped. It was like the O.J. Simpson glove. He stopped. He looked at Macho Man. He waited for Savage to duck. And then he punched Flair in the face. And no matter what happened during this match... That is all that was needed to pin Ric Flair. Good thing Hogan reminded Savage to pin Flair. Yeah, the the loaded glove. The loaded glove. And then why does WCW do this? You've been watching these pay-per-views a lot more frequently than I do. Why do they go back to the commentary booth? When they the they do over? that on Nitro, too. That's awful. Like, you <laughs> go off gotta the ra- air. Got to wrap it up, brother. No, go off the air with showing the camera on the wrestlers. I don't want to see Tony fucking Shivani. That was my problem at WrestleMania 5. <laughs> I had to see Tony Shivani. Poor uh, Dusty Rhodes. Seriously, he doesn't need this shit either. <laughs> All right. Now, I, I will admit that I went into this show a little biased, being a longtime reader of WrestleCrap, and also having seen the cage match score before I started. But even with that, this was not a good show. The opening match, which sounded great on paper, sounded like a good, fast-paced match that should have gotten the crowd into it, was slow and plodding and full of rest holds, the occasional high-flying. The Belfast Bruiser versus Lord Steven Regal match was, in my opinion, the best match of the night. I think that's obvious. I would be surprised if you disagree. Uh, Man versus Woman was garbage. Medusa trying to pull a match out of Parker. Booty Man versus DDP. Yep. Giant versus Loch Ness was nothing, and the street fight was okay. Now, uh, like I just said, I did happen to peek at the cage match score before watching the show. Sal, did you look at, have you, did you look at the score? Did you look this up on cage match? I did not, but I can't imagine Good. that they I'm glad. felt any I'm very different. glad. If, if you had to take a guess, if you had to take a guess, what, what would you say this show has as a score? They, they go, uh, one out of, uh, you know, one through ten, right? Correct. 3.5. <laughs> Oh, you're so generous. I am. On cagematch.net. Uncensored 1996. <laughs> has a 
two five out of ten. Oh man, one point two five. See, I am very generous. I'm the guy who gave WrestleMania nine four out of ten. So, oh, you Bret Hart. One point two five. One point two five out of ten. You know what? I, it's really hard to argue with them. I didn't, <laughs> nope, I didn't think right. they went that low, but that makes sense when you look at the card top to bottom. Mm-hmm. All uh, right, like, so. like you said, the uh, yeah. Belfast Bruiser Lord Steven Regal match was definitely the best. Uh, surprisingly, because when you looked at the card, there was some potential for the street fight or Guerrero versus Conan <clears throat> to be better, but just yeah, Dur- really... Guerrero versus Conan was fucking disappointing as hell to me. It really was. It really was. Uh, <sighs> shall we move on to the Nitro that was the next night? Not quite. It is foregone conclusion time. We have a few wrestlers whose last appearance here on Nitromania was Uncensored 96, and so I need your help deciding if we're going to send them to the rafters in glory or chuck them in the dumpster in shame. Oh, I love this game. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> as, again, as I said, it's Uncensored 96, so this is going to be it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. But the first one on our list, uh, actually, we'll do the first two together because they only showed up in that one match. The only time, thankfully, you will see Z Gangsta and the Ultimate Solution is here at Uncensored 96. So what do you think? Hmm. I gotta tell you. If you say rafters, I'm kicking you off the show and finishing it myself. I gotta tell you. To the dumpster! Of course. And the other wrestler that we will never see again. uh, Let's see if we can go for the clean sweep here. Loch Ness. That's right, folks. Loch Ness lasted all of a month and a half in WCW, and thankfully, we will never see him again. What say you? Can we throw him in a dumpster in Scotland? <laughs> I'll try to find a Scottish dumpster noise. Uh, but yes, all three of those guys, fuck them all in the face. Go into the dumpsters. Wow, I'm actually right. really excited that we don't have to see Loch Ness anymore. I thought he stuck around for a couple months. Well, he did, but... No, I mean the, going forward. Like. No, that was the month and a half between... Like, between What is it? Super Bowl was the last one? Between Super Bowl and fucking... Good, good uh, riddance. What a bunch. Jesus, that was probably one of the worst guys I've ever seen in a ring, and I just covered WrestleMania 9. <laughs> okay. Speaking of dumpsters, before we move on from Uncensored, do you have anything else to add before we go to Nitro? Uh, I would hope for your sake that the pay-per-views start making more sense storyline-wise. Like, I don't <laughs> care if if they do some of these matches, if there's a purpose and a point to it, you know? Uh, I think that's what, one of the things that killed Uncensored, besides the crappy matches, what, there was no point to any of the matches. Mm-hmm. Hogan and Savage took, like, no damage in the Doomsday Cage. Yeah. Like, nothing. Uh... Like, nothing happened. Huh. Anyway. Let's move also, on. Uncensored nope. felt a little bit like uh, modern day Survivor Series where they stop current storylines just to throw a pay-per-view together. And then all of a sudden the next night in Nitro, it seems like we're going backwards. Mm. But I digress. Well, I mean, we, we did have the, the Doomsday Cage did have a build. It wasn't a good build and it certainly wasn't a good match, but it did have, I guess, a bit of a build. Anyway, let's move on to Monday Nitro. It is Monday, March 25th, 1996, and we are live from an undisclosed location. 
Big, colorful Nitro logo in the ring, and Eric promises us three title matches tonight, a world title match, a U.S. title match, and the tag titles as well. We start with Mongo talking about Flair versus Giant. Mongo tells us to get on the edge of our seats. Be sure to do that. Um, Hogan, nope, Heenan, I do that all the fucking time. <laughs> Heenan says he doesn't think Flair is 100%, and he's in trouble. Sting and Luger will be defending the titles against the American Males tonight. And Conan will defend the U.S. title against Mr. J.L. But your opening contest tonight is the Belfast Bruiser versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Interesting choice. Uh, Macho Man was nice enough to wear his green outfit tonight to fight the Belfast Bruiser, so they'll match. M- Manga tells us that the Bruiser is undefeated. Eh, give that about five minutes and we'll see. Savage's arm... Still taped. Still taped. <clears throat> Bruiser has the majority of the offense until Savage sends him face first into the buckles. And then uh, Bruiser starts begging off. They end up outside the ring and Bruiser shoves Macho's shoulder first into the turnpost. Bruiser then drops Savage across the guardrail throat first. They do a lap around the ring and Bruiser continues to focus on that shoulder. Bruiser dumps Macho into the crowd. As per usual, Macho Man takes a lot of Bruiser's offense, then hits the elbow drop and wins. <sighs> Up next, the U.S. title match. What did you think of our opening contest? Yeah. Um, I was unaware that's how they've been booking Savage on recent episodes of Nitro. He gets the shit kicked out of him, hits the elbow, and wins. That's it. Yep. Uh, I got some things to say about Savage, but we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, we we then get the cross-dressing Mean Gene ad again. So, Sal, what are your opinions on that? Oh, well, that's what you were talking about from a couple weeks ago. That that was an uh, interesting visual. Never want to see I, that again. I think disturbing is the word that you're going for. Yeah, there it is. Because only WCW would do that. They would, um, That's the only company that would ever put their announcers in in women's clothing. Sure. Well, maybe, maybe not the only company, but go ahead. <laughs> All right, back to the arena, and Mean Gene brings out Ric Flair. Flair, also wearing green, there's a theme tonight, comes out with Elizabeth and woman, of course, and he says something. Oh, my, 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 Miss Elizabeth, woman. <laughs> Nature boy Ric Flair, I got a ton of things to talk to you about later on tonight here on Nitro. A ton of events as a result of what happened last night in Tupelo. You're going to be facing the seven foot four, 446 pound giant. On hand, me woman. Me, Jing, tonight we slay a real live walking, talking, fire breathing giant. And I want to assure the world before it's all over, I will look down at the giant and say, brother, ask yourself this. What's causing all this? Woo! I got the whole world in my hands. I got the whole... It's not easy being a nature boy. Me, Gene, look. I we can... got world title belts. We got woman, oh, woman, won't you marry me now? And we have Macho Man's former better half now with the nature boy. All right, Ric Flair, Woo! before we go any further... They have been calling the hotline all day long. Folks want to know what happened last night. And uncensored, you got KO'd. And I think it was quite intentional by Lex Luger. 
I not only got KO'd for the first time in a couple of months, you see I've been flying so high, me Gene, I really haven't looked at Luger. I really haven't looked at the package for what he is. And that is a man that wants to be where I am. Mean Gene, good looking at woman, brother. I can't help myself sometimes, Nate. Luger, for the air, for the costly air and judgment you made last night. You now, my friend, are on that long list of people that are not going to be able to style and profile Woo! with the Nate Chivalry. All right, I thank you, Elizabeth. You are looking... Liz, who is more man, me or Lex Luger? Oh, you, Rick. That's not answer it. Woman, oh, woman, who's got a better body, me or Lex Luger? You champ. I'll go with the gals. I don't mind telling you. Thank you very much. The nature boy, Rick Blair. We'll see him later in the hour. Right now. Giant. Get ready. Let's get you back to the ring. Were you able to decipher that promo? Uh, He says that he's got a better body than Lex Luger, or at least he makes women say that. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, he sang, he pulled a Bray Wyatt, singing he's got the whole world in his hands, which I thought was kind of funny. Did he say, did he sing that while he had his hand on woman's ass? Because that would be kind of funny. I'm just saying. It's possible. Certainly possible. Anything's possible with Ric Flair. Did they bring up the Macho Man at this point in this promo, or was that was that a little bit later? I don't know that they mentioned it in the promo more than the than the got mentioned by the the commentating the commentators after maybe. Okay. Anyway, um, entered. Don't call me Mister JL again. He's facing Conan one end still for the U.S. title. Conan still looks like an idiot. <laughs> Apparently, the Cruiserweight title has debuted, as Eric mentions that JL successfully defeated Dean Malenko in the first match in the U.S. for the title, so I guess he's the champion? I mean, he's not, actually, so I don't know what Bischoff was trying to say there. The current champion at this time is Shinjiro Otani, who you may remember from uh, from the World Cup uh, a few months back, who defeated Wild Pegasus five days earlier at Hyper Battle 96, a New Japan pro wrestling event. Uh, Bischoff also mentions that Brian Pillman called the WCW offices last night and told them that basically there was no way in fucking hell he would be participating in Doomsday. And I give credit to Brian Pillman for staying the fuck away from that shit show. Smart man. Later in the match, uh, Bischoff tells us that Macho Man is going nuts backstage trying to break into Ric Flair's dressing room. Bischoff says they're trying to get a camera back there and that security is trying to remove Macho Man from the building, but don't expect anything anything from that because, as we've mentioned previously, Nitro never goes backstage. Bischoff then mentions the Cruiserweight title tournament. Uh, So that's what he was talking about earlier, even though Wikipedia says the tournament's already over by this point. Uh, Conan eventually wins with an Alabama slam, followed by a jackknife pin. Bischoff promises Booty Man versus Disco Inferno after the break. What'd you think of the U.S. title match? Uh, nothing much. Um, it's amazing, though, that a guy labeled Mr. JL would go on to become pretty pretty successful uh, later on when he lost bit. the mask. Uh, <clears throat> so one thing I did want to mention, because they brought this up here about Savage and Flair. So this is where I was going with the uncensored, kind of put storylines on hold. All of a sudden now, Randy Savage has a uh, a blood vendetta against Ric Flair. <laughs> what about last night when he was in the cage? Like, what, no? 
No, I, I have you trapped in a cage. I could rip your eyeballs out for stealing my wife, but I'm not going to. And so I'm going to fight with the cage instead. Exactly. In digging a little deeper, it looks like, yes, the Hyper Battle event did take place on March 20th, 1996, but was released in episodes, like television episodes, over the next few months. So the finals of this tournament between Otani and Wild Pegasus didn't air until April 5th. So this makes me wonder if there actually was a tournament or if WCW is just putting together cruiserweight matches that they say are part of the tournament to fit in with the timeline of when those Hyper Battle episodes are going to air. If anyone out there has any information on that, please let me know because I am actually curious. Uh, but we'll get back to Nitro because that's what we do here. Uh, back from break for Disco Inferno. I have to admit thus far, I don't actually hate this gimmick. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Booty Man, Sal? I know we talked about him during Uncensored, but what do you think? Well, As uh, so he comes out there with the Booty Babe, who they can't decide is the Booty Babe or the Booty Girl. Yeah, she, he doesn't come out. With, he doesn't come out with her. She just shows up. Oh, that that. Well, mm, yeah, that's true. She just she, she has that thing that she's kind of she's kind of like a stalker. Um, was there a part of you that thought DDP was going to come in running from the? coming from the crowd <laughs> i didn't think that actually but i'm used to not seeing ddp on nitro at this point so uh, <clears throat> so disco inferno's not a bad gimmick i think they make him like much worse by making him do certain things later on in the history of nitro but uh it's we'll uh, get there yeah it's it's all right um, of course, this is the match everybody wants to see. The Booty Man versus Disco Inferno. <laughs> I mean, it writes itself, right? Of course it does. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it was what it was. It was a uh, decent match. Yeah. And Kimberly is just awful. Uh, but we've talked about that in past episodes. Uh, Kimberly appears at ringside. Turns out the Booty Girl, as you mentioned, has been upgraded to the Booty Babe. She immediately pets Booty's ass. Fuck's sake. <sighs> The Heine ends the night for Disco. We are promised your tag title match, Sting and Luger versus the American Males, when we return. Again, I'd ask you what you thought of this match, but it was basically another squash. Exactly. So, fucking Christ. This Saturday night, Lex Luger defends his TV title against Shark. Sting versus Dean Malenko, Ric Flair, Earl Robert Eaton versus the Belfast Bruiser, and The Giant versus Big Bubba. All right. Who I didn't know was still employed. Yeah. Uh, during the American Males entrance, Bischoff tells us that Marcus Bagwell is going to be in a movie, but never actually tells us what movie. So good marketing there. Gay porn. During the Champs entrance, no, that's that's later in his life. Uh, <laughs> during the Champs entrance, Luger only high fives the fans when Sting is looking, and I think that's actually pretty funny. I enjoyed that. <laughs> uh, we then go to break after entrances because that's what we do on Nitro. Uh, during the ad, during the break, we get an ad for the new issue of WCW Magazine, and I swear to God, it's a different kid at the beginning of the commercial than it is at the end. Anyway, back to the arena for the tag title match. This is a decent match with a weird ending. Sting hits Riggs with a crossbody, and instead of breaking up the pin, Bagwell leans through the top and middle rope and just kind of checks if he's gonna kick out, but then looks disappointed when they lose. <laughs> Luger. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, I was like, so he's going to jump in the ring and break it. Oh, no. Yeah. He just decided not to. Okay. Luger Luger takes both tag belts. Sting demands his back. Sting then celebrates with the American males instead of his partner as we go to commercial break. All right, real quick. Um, I was assuming that at some point 
Sting and Luger were going to get into this huge fist fight, and and and, and you know, kind of yeah. set the the table for what they've done for the past few months. Yeah, still, and still, still waiting. Still nothing. This has been dragging on now since really since Luger first showed up on Nitro. It's so fucking bad. I hate this. I hate this storyline so oh, goddamn it's much. Like a will just, they? Or won't they? And it just gets worse every week. I just want it to be over. It's all I want is for this goddamn story to be over. <sighs> we come back and it is main event time. Uh, enter the giant with Jimmy Hart. Flair enters with woman Elizabeth and Macho Man's cash, some of which they give to the crowd. Macho Man explodes out of the entrance with security and a couple of wrestlers holding him back. Flair and his harem walk back towards Macho and Woman slaps Macho Man across the face. They then show us the money on the ground and it's $1 bills. Yeah. So apparently half of Macho's money in that stack that that Elizabeth has got is maybe $300. (laughs) Giant starts by overpowering Flair while Bischoff tells us that Macho Man has been handcuffed and he's going and he's being forcibly removed from the building. Flair tries to bail, but Giant picks him up in a fireman's carry and takes him back to the ring. Flair chops and punches Giant to no effect, and Flair begs off a huge vertical suplex by the Giant, and Bischoff promotes the first-ever Hog Wild event in August at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Can't wait for that. Giant comes off the top rope, but Flair moves. Woman gives Flair something to choke the Giant with while Elizabeth distracts the referee. Then Flair just pokes Giant square in the eyes. Giant drops to his knees, so they're the same height, and Flair just starts laying punches in. Giant shoves him off, he comes back and gets shoved off again, so Flair kicks him in the balls. Flair struts around and grabs Randerson as Woman chokes Giant with the cord. Flair goes up top and it ends about as well as you'd expect. Giant calls for the choke slam, and Flair has a conniption fit while Woman shrieks. She's very good at that. Flair gets choke slammed, and Arn Anderson runs out with a chair and clocks Giant in the back. Kevin Sullivan follows closely behind Anderson and takes the chair from him, and when the giant turns around, he sees Sullivan with a chair and blames him and chokeslams him. He then chokeslams Anderson as well, just for the fuck of it. Uh, Jimmy Hart runs around the ring like a maniac. Again, he's very good at that. While Woman shrieks huh, over the corpse of Arn Anderson, Flair is outside the ring with Elizabeth as Giant stalks down the aisle to the back. We go to the desk as Penzer tells us that this is a no contest. What'd you think of the title match? Okay. So, first of all, they make a big, big deal that Liz is coming out there with the Macho Man's money. That's Macho Man's money. It's a fistful of $1 bills. So, obviously, Liz at this point has just come from the strip club. Also, also, Savage comes running out. He gets held by security long enough for a woman to slap him. Um, And then we don't see him. We just get told... He got arrested. So, again, it would have been nice to see a backstage of him getting put in a cop car. No, because Nitro does nothing backstage. Um, you had mentioned in your recap that at one point Giant jumped off the top rope and missed Ric Flair. So, Adam, I have to ask you, where the fuck was he jumping to? Because he <laughs> jumped about 20 <laughs> feet over where Flair was lying originally. And that's impressive because the WCW ring, I think, is only 18 feet across. That's correct. Um, <laughs> yeah i mean that's just typical I, you, you need to move but i just want to make sure you move far enough so i'm gonna jump way the fuck over where you were uh giant in my opinion gets made to look like a moron because arnie anderson hits him with the chair and then points 
at Kevin Sullivan, and Giant's like, well, obviously Kevin Sullivan hit me. Like, really? Come on, dude. <laughs> and then that's Anderson gets chokeslammed, that, too. That's a move Eddie Guerrero would steal in the future. Um, meh. I didn't mind. I didn't mind that so much, especially because you know he, he did end up choke slamming Anderson as well. He but. did, and and then the chaos what? at the end, and of course it's a no contest. Of course, um, Bischoff then explains to us what just happened. In case we weren't watching, uh, <laughs> Heenan tells us next week Anderson and Sullivan are supposed to team up against the Booty Man and Hulk Hogan. So who knows how that will work out? Bischoff also tells us that Hogan will be here next week, which is what Heenan just says. While Heenan retches over the edge of the desk. Did you notice that? Yes. I didn't know what Great he was stuff. doing. He looked Great like he stuff. was just so fed up. He was throwing up because Bischoff mentioned Hulk Hogan. Fantastic. Oh. Uh, and on that, on, on Heenan puking, we go off the air. This um, certainly was an episode of Nitro. Uh, Savage versus Bruiser was short and meaningless. The U.S. title match was not great. Not all bad, but just seemed to be missing something to me. Uh, Disco versus Booty was a squash, sadly. The tag title match wasn't horrible, and Giant versus Flair was pretty good. What did you think? It was okay. Um, man, I didn't realize just how far they came in a short amount of time. Um, Nitro at again, this point... Again, that's a different kind of pay-per-view. <laughs> Nitro at this point is uh, it's very primitive compared to what it will become in just a few months. And I'm talking even production-wise. Obviously, they go to two hours. Uh, they eventually go to three hours, so good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but they get a Titantron. They get Nitro Girls. They get all this stuff that they just don't have right now. And... I doubt they call it a Titantron. Uh, no, but they had it first. A Turnatron. A Turnatron. And they get Mongo off a of commentary, I feel, very soon. So thank God for that because he is a fucking moron when it comes to talking about wrestling. Oh, God. They, I mean, they may get the big screen for us, but Raw does have a screen right now. We've seen it on uh, – you talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the where Taker was having a match in the ring and uh, – Kevin Nash was in the back. Diesel was in the back, destroying the casket. And then they show on the screen because it's the because right now the raw set is the is the one where it's the word raw with yeah. the video screen in the middle of the A. So so at least raw has a screen. So if right. things happen backstage, the people can most of the people can can see what's going on. Yes, Ted yeah, Turner Nitro, would buy a screen for Nitro very soon, and it's it that's where it becomes <clears throat> much bigger. Because yeah. and I mean Halloween Havoc had a screen, but uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason Nitro doesn't have a screen. Um, yeah. Also, so, I have to mention that I hate the referees in WCW. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that I haven't seen Randy Eller recently because he was the fucking worst. Well, Randerson but, is bad enough. Randerson is, yeah. Randerson, Nick Patrick is a moron. Nick we Patrick that on uncensored. me off every time I see him. <laughs> I don't like their cadence. The way they count is just, I'd prefer Earl Hebner's way over the top long count than the way the WCW refs count. It's just annoying. <laughs> Can we talk about how every time Nick Patrick counts a two count, he has one leg in the air? <laughs> yes, it's like he's peeing. It's like he's a dog. <laughs> it's pretty great. There's a <laughs> so there's a, there's a referee that I know. Uh, Chris will get a kick out of this. I don't know if uh, Chris Sullivan. I don't know if he actually listens to the show. Tony actually listens to the show, but uh, he every once in a while when he comes out to do a match, he'll come up to me. You know, while people are coming in, I go, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do the Nick Patrick this time. <laughs> And he will, he will do, he will referee the match like as Nick Patrick or as Earl Hebner. Or, oh my it's, god, it's hilarious. fucking, it's fantastic to watch. Um, it's, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, so, but I just love when he, when he clues me into that. 
Speaking anyway. of WCW referees, sure. Has Chris? Has uh, not Chris? Um, what's his friggin' name? Charles Robinson. Has he showed up yet? Nope. Oh, he's the right best. now. It's just it's Randerson, Nick Patrick, and uh, Randy Eller has disappeared. Thankfully, uh, Jimmy Jet has disappeared. So. Right, right now we haven't seen those two guys in a while. Right now it seems to be just Nick Patrick and Randerson. Well, I don't know what's worse because in my timeline I have Bill Alfonso and Earl Hebner, so there's that. Um, also, I think Tim White shows up at some point in my timeline. So, it's good. To oh, see. in your in yes. your timeline, I was like, I don't think Tim White was ever in WCW. No, that that's the thing. In my in my timeline, I have Bill Alfonso before ECW, and then I have. Oh. Boy. Yeah, and then I have a lot of Earl Hebner, a lot more than I need. Is it Earl Hebner or is it Dave Hebner? No, it's Earl. Dave How showed- can there be two Dave Hebners? <laughs> Dave actually showed up as a backstage official during WrestleMania eight, yeah. and um, it was weird because his brother was in the ring, and I did not catch that as a kid. <laughs> uh, uh, so Nitro has a lot of potential, and I think you're going to be headed upward, yeah. but yeah, I think we're, we're, we're this heading- whole Dungeon of Doom blue yes. thing. We're heading towards. We're heading. We're slowly but surely trudging towards the good part. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I think I still got at least a couple of months until Kevin Nash and Scott all show up. Uh, so I would say, uh, if you go back and watch anything from these shows, watch uh, obviously the the Bruiser versus Regal match from Uncensored, and I would say the World Title match from Nitro, just to see Flair's reactions when Giant No sells all of his offense. Uh, do you agree? Disagree? I agree. Uh, Flair, yeah. It's always great seeing Flair do his thing. He's always playing that role so well, yeah. you know, especially when he's coming down to the ringside with a girl on each arm. And, and like you said, Giant, he's hitting him with everything. He's chopping him. He's punching him in the mouth. And Giant's just standing there. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, over on Cage Match, this episode of Nitro has a 6.0 rating out of 10. Wow. Uh, and surprisingly pulled in a TV rating of 3.1. Uh, sorry. No, that wasn't the surprising part. The 6.0 was the surprising part. Uh, the TV rating of 3.1 is practically normal. They've been 3.2 the last couple of weeks. So, uh, over on Raw, which is still coming to you from San Antonio two weeks ago, we are six days away from WrestleMania 12. Uh, Shawn Michaels and the Click Cam defeat Leaf Cassidy by pinfall after a super kick. Hunter Hearst Helmsley pins Aldo Montoya with a pedigree. Goldust taunts Roddy Piper from the back lot. Doc Hendricks tries to sell us a $180 WrestleMania jacket from the WWF store. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, it's got leather sleeves, though. And this your is name 1996. I mean, yes, 180 would be crazy today. Three easy payments of $59.95. <sighs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, I, I don't know if you'd call it a bomber jacket, but it's one of those wool, it's the wool jacket with the leather sleeves. So it's got leather sleeves. So I mean, and it's got it's got your name embroidered on the front on the chest. So which which Doc describes as so they'll know that this is your jacket. Uh, and then it's got just an enormous WrestleMania 12 logo on the back. Look at how that logo pops off the jacket. It's it's fucking huge. But yeah, three payments of fifty nine ninety five. Uh, Todd Pettengill tells us that Mankind debuts next week, and he tries to be all serious and spooky about it, but he's Todd fucking Pettengill, so he fails miserably. Uh, Paul Bearer and The Undertaker talk about Diesel. Shawn Michaels trains for WrestleMania. Bret Hart trains for WrestleMania. Ahmed Johnson defeats Owen Hart by disqualification after interference from the British Bulldog. Uh, we then close out the show with Bret Hart's You Light the Fire music video, 
which I'm still 98% sure Jim Johnston recycled for Ken Shamrock's first WWF theme song. <laughs> um, I'm serious. Fucking listen to them. It, they are, it's the same fucking track. Anyway. Um, yeah, thankfully, this is the first week in a while, but we don't have Billionaire Ted, so I'm very happy about that. And I think that might be the end of it, because they have that god-awful match on the free-for-all between uh, the Huckster and the Nacho Man. Uh, at WrestleMania, so I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking we're out of the woods on the billionaire Ted shit now. Whoa, 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 whoa! The billionaire Ted shit was going on in 1996. Yeah. Oh fuck me. Fuck I my you, life. I thought you've been listening to this show, Sal. I have, but I just, it didn't. Like in my timeline, I thought it was as soon as Hogan left in '93. Like I didn't realize that I'll be fucking covering that shit at WrestleMania 12. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, No, I, I don't think you will, though, because it's on the free-for-all, so I don't think it shows up on the actual show itself. Yeah, we don't do free-for-alls. Fuck that shit. Exactly. Exactly. Because we, we don't get the preview channel these days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> someone asked me, I think it was Jason, asked me, would I be covering the two-hour pre-show when I get to the later WrestleManias? And I said, nope. Uh, <laughs> fuck no. But it's fuck on you, the network. Cruiser. I don't care. Fuck. Fuck you, cruiserweight title. Um, Sorry. Yeah, the, fucking, the fucking preview channel. How did we fucking live before the internet, man? The fucking preview channel where you tune in to look for the, for the, for the children out there listening who don't know the world before broadband. The preview channel was a was a specific channel in your cable television lineup uh, that that was just at the top. The top third of the screen was like commercials and and just video picture ads for shit. And the bottom third of the screen was a scrolling television schedule that showed all the stations that you were currently, that, that, you know, could come in your cable lineup. And if you fucking missed the channel that you were looking for, like if you blinked for half a second, like looked away from you the TV for half a second and missed the goddamn channel, you had to wait 45 goddamn minutes for that thing to <laughs> scroll, by, scroll past again. And so back in the day, back in 96, we talked about it a few, uh, a couple of months ago when they debuted the free for all on the preview channel. They didn't even stop the scrolling of the of the guide for the first few free-for-alls. Nope. So you're literally watching the free-for-all in half of the top third of your television screen. Oh, the 90s. And at 8 o'clock, that screen would instantly go black if you had not ordered the pay-per-view. Um, and even if you had, I believe you had to change the channel to the pay-per-view channel. <laughs> As yo yeah the the yeah the, the specific pay per view channel didn't have no fucking on demand no, shit no 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 I'm, 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 uh, kids fact, I remember um, when my it, favorite my my favorite was the <laughs> we had we always had what's Comcast now but I think back at that point it was still Continental Cable Vision oh, so where you had that. to okay. you you had to when you ordered a pay per view you had to flip to like channel three for five minutes. And then flip over to the pay-per-view channel and it would come up. And if you didn't do it just right, the pay-per-view channel wouldn't come up. So you had to go back to channel three <laughs> for a couple of minutes and then go back to the pay-per-view channel to see if it would come up. So we had Time Warner originally. So this is the, this is the Stone Age kids. Yes. We had Time Warner originally and then Time Warner got bought out by Media One, maybe? I, I don't, yeah, I think it was called Media One. Um, and you purchased the pay-per-view. You had to, First of all, you had to call. You had to call a number. Yep. To to purchase the pay per view, and your parents <laughs> had to do it. You couldn't do it. The first time I ever tried <laughs> to order, the first time I, my my dad ever let me order a pay per view, we didn't know how that worked, so we just called the number that was on the screen, 
And so we accidentally ended up ordering some Will Smith movie. Oh, no. Because we didn't realize there was a specific number that you had to call to order the specific pay, the specific, you know, pay per view that you wanted to order. So I don't even remember what fucking movie it was, but all of a sudden it was like, I don't want to get charged for that. I, I got one better for you. So I had been ordering pay per views for a couple of months. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we thought we had this down to a science, and we called once, and I think it was a SummerSlam. We ordered the SummerSlam. I waited patiently for it to start playing. It started playing, and it came in in Spanish. <laughs> and I freaked out. I We called the cable company back. We waited on hold for a half an hour. It was their fault. They effed it up. They had to, like, fix it and, like, stop what I was watching and then resend it. It was so weird. It was devastating to me because I was like, I don't understand what they're saying. <sighs> so now... Uh, what? What was the what was the first pay per view you were ever allowed to order? WrestleMania eight. WrestleMania eight. I Mine, had talked about that on the uh, WrestleMania Salvation episode. Nice. Mine was SummerSlam nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. SummerSlam nineteen ninety was the first pay per view I was ever allowed my my dad ever allowed me to buy or allowed me to make him buy. Um, ever agreed to buy because holy shit! So you were watching wrestling even before I was. God, I've been watching wrestling since about about nineteen eighty seven. Wow. So, but. The, the 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 main event for that for that SummerSlam was Hulk Hogan versus Earthquake, uh, and I remember that was the first time. Even even you know summer uh, the summer of eighty uh, summer of ninety. So I was I was eight years old at the time. Even then, I still remember the Mister Perfect versus Texas Tornado match, uh, and it was the first time I got the slightest hint that maybe wrestling wasn't quite uh, as legitimate as it seemed because. You know, Texas Tornado did that tornado punch where he spun in a circle and punched the guy in the face. Mm-hmm. And he punched Mr. Perfect, and Mr. Perfect spun, sold it and spun the wrong way. And I still remember that clear as fucking day, sitting in my living room going, wait a minute. Wait uh, a minute. So my first exposure to wrestling came with a VHS tape of SummerSlam 91, <laughs> which I thought was the greatest thing in the world. Um, everything that happened on Boss Man and Mountain, Mountie getting taken to jail, uh, Hogan and Warrior and the Match Me in Hell. I thought it was awesome. I was like, what is this wrestling stuff? So then the first time I got to order the pay-per-view was WrestleMania 8. And the entire time I'm watching it, my father would walk by and go, fake. See that? that? (laughs) He didn't really hit him right there. See that? He didn't really kick him. Your dad, your dad sounds a lot like my dad. And I, and then (laughs) the worst thing is, um, at WrestleMania 8, it was when Piper and and uh, Bret Hart got really bloody. So I was like, see? See? Look, it's real! See, they're bleeding! And my dad would just roll his eyes and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> your your dad sounds exactly like my dad. Uh, uh, my dad my dad still makes fun of me for watching wrestling. Um, and it's been fucking 30 years now, so I don't think, I don't yeah. think that's going like, to change. I'm not going to stop soon. now. You can just but stop I remember, stuff. <laughs> I remember I, I taped. I taped. SummerSlam 1990. I taped all the wrestling shows. Oh, yeah. But my, my parents, up until about two years ago, my parents had a giant bookcase at the top of the stairs upstairs that was just all VHS tapes of wrestling that I had recorded off TV. And then you got long, the network and you were like, there's no point. Long after, not even that, long after anyone in my house in or their house ever owned a VCR, <laughs> my parents still had this bookcase full of VHS tapes. But I taped SummerSlam 1990, and the next day I went down the street 
to my friend's house because it was summer vacation. I went down the street to my friend's house and watched it with him. And I spent the, and I was so fucking excited about this that I spent the entire show and it's sitting next to him on the floor going, Oh, watch this. He's going to do, he's going to do this part. He's going to hit this move. Watch this. This is the best. He's going to the point where his mom was like, you're kind of ruining it. <laughs> anyway, how did we get here? Very curious. But anyway, 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 we started talking about the nacho man and the Hulkster at Wrestle at the Hulkster WrestleMania 12. That's how we got there. Uh, this episode of Raw has a 5.14 on cage match and garnered a 2.8 TV rating. It was not a bad episode of Raw, I don't think. Especially with the, any, any, any episode of Raw that includes an ad for a $180 WrestleMania jacket is a good episode of Raw in my book. Um, all right. That is it for after, after that tangent. That is it for Nitromania this week. Thank you again, Sal, for joining me this week. Uh, where can people find you? on the interwebs they can find me at wrestlemania sal on twitter uh follow the show i try to post things about the show and post pictures in regards to the show uh they can also find me every once in a while guest hosting on the rundown podcast every wednesday night and then we release the episode on thursdays yes as i as i called you last time the part-time co-host of the rundown and the part-time full host of WrestleMania Salvation. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Twitter, during the episode earlier, I just, uh, I posted, uh, on, t- on our Twitter at Nitromania Pod and I tagged your Twitter in it of the, the picture of Conan that you sent <laughs> with the, with that caption. Um, yeah. So speaking of WrestleMania Salvation, as we talked about, uh, before we started recording, I will be appearing on the upcoming WrestleMania nine episode, which means I actually need to sit down and watch, uh, uh 10 rather WrestleMania 10. Uh, at some point. Yes, not so, nine. I wasn't going to make you suffer through that. <laughs> so I'll actually have to sit down and watch WrestleMania 10 at some point. I, I, I do, I, I like WrestleMania 10, so this should be fun. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do that, but it'll get done. Uh, please check out all the shows on this here feed. I hope you don't just listen to my show and not any of the others. Uh, there are also plenty of shows for you to check out over on questandnetwork.com. Uh, and we, uh, I apologize on behalf of everyone here at the rundown. Uh, things get crazy. Things get forgotten. We haven't posted, uh, any of the episodes from our feed to the Quest and Network website for a while. And that's, uh, that's not good. So we're, we're working on that. We'll get that fixed. We'll get the episodes posted where they're supposed to be. Um, but like I said, check out all the shows over there like this fine program. Do you like scary stories? If so, then listen to the Shadow Vane podcast where you'll find original radio drama series and classic tales of terror brought to life with fantastic voice acting and eerie music and sound effects. For more information on our first full series, Progenics Labs, or our current story, 1692 The Risen, visit shadowvane.net or listen to us on the Questionable Endeavor Network. Listen in the dark, if you dare. If you want to see me live and in person, you can. Come on out to Liberty States Wrestling presents Winter Warfare on Saturday, February 23rd. Nope, just 3rd. Can't read. Uh, or Lucky Pro Wrestling Homecoming on Saturday, February 24th. That's where that 20 comes in. Uh, if you have any feedback about the show, send me an email to nitromaniapod at gmail.com, like I said before, or uh, tweet me at nitromaniapod, like I said before. Uh, one more time, thank you, Sal, for suffering through Doomsday with me. And unless you have anything else to add, never, ever, 
make me watch a Doomsday Cage match again. Well, I don't think there ever, ever will be a Doomsday Cage match again, so I think we're both safe from that. Uh, but I will say thank you all for listening. Uh, be sure to come back next week as we begin, uh, I don't know why I said we, as I begin the slow trudge towards Slamboree in a month and a half from now, right here on Nitromania. Bye-bye. Thanks, Troy. All right, I'll do my catchphrase. Goodbye and good night.